Blog Talk Radio. From the IMLD Home Studio, in its seventh season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Saturday night, September the 7th, 2019. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and we are getting ready for the first full weekend of NFL action this season, starting tomorrow and continuing into Monday night. And we got started with the football season on Thursday night with, uh, we both had to take the L on this one, the Chicago Bears opening the 100th season of the NFL by throwing back about 100 years and how bad their offense looked in losing to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Jason, up there in Wisconsin, I'm sure your entire state was very, very happy about the uh, occurrence on Thursday night. Uh, Especially the defensive performance from the uh, Green Bay Packers. If you watched the post-game interview right after the game, Aaron Rodgers could barely contain his excitement. Um at what he was what what he's been now presented which is whatever he you know he's at that point where he's not going to be able to just throw up 35 points every game uh and be able to exist an entire season doing that i was unfortunately way too late uh or early depending on your point of view in uh predicting that the packers sort of rise of this defense uh would wait until about mid-season and they would go on a run because Man, they looked that that Packer defense looked really good. If you and I were making our pick um, when we made it on Tuesday night, and neither one of us had the the foreknowledge of knowing that the Packers would have scored ten points, we would have figured this is a Bears blowout. Oh yeah, but what we didn't know was how uh, unveteran like uh, and, and almost rookie like yeah. that the the quarterback Mitch Trubisky yeah. would look out there. And yeah, I'll credit the Green Bay defense for making him on some occasions look like a, a kid, but on other occasions, it was just he was winding up so slowly for some reason. It's just uh, maybe the lack of preseason, what have you. But yeah. he looked like he was telegraphing so many of his throws, so many of those breaks that the Packers were making on his balls were, were easy breaks. Like, I could make those breaks. Um, and some of them, if you watch some of the Twitter replays, were showing guys breaking on the ball, like, before he even let it go. Like, they were reading him that well. They were just ready. They were just in place and ready to defend Trubisky, and he never did make the adjustment. And it was, especially if you're a Chicago Bears fan, a very, very, very painful evening of football to watch. Yeah, not a not a football city where you want to be playing quarterback to that low of a level because, boy, man, that's the city of itchy trigger fingers when it comes to uh, yanking quarterbacks and how fast that city. I, I heard the Boo Birds out in uh, pretty large force in that game. But no, I think the, the, the most staggering thing for me about the play of Trubisky was not just 
the telegraphing, but just I mean, maybe what you're talking about, same thing as I'm talking about, but just the, the just staring down his wide receivers. Yeah. That's part the, of it. The just yeah, the the absolute that, that interception that he threw, uh the final you know, the only interception he threw, even though he could have had several more, but that interception he threw, um fittingly enough to Amos, you know, the uh Right. Former very, Bears. very good safety that the Packers uh took away from the Bears makes that play in the corner, but that's Trubisky staring down his receiver and lofting a ball into the deep corner of the back of the end zone in triple coverage. That ball yeah. that ball deserved to be picked. And by that point of the game, I think he was really feeling the pressure, and I think he forced yeah. that even more than all of the other bad throws that he made all night. That one was especially egregious because there is no reason to let that ball go. It's The coverage right. is there. That there's when there's more guys wearing the other team's color waiting for the ball than your team's color. That's called just panic. It's just a panic <laughs> throw. And at that yeah. point, he just knew he was just he was just trying to do something to try to get. Uh, you're so close too because you're only possession away because Aaron Rodgers and the Packers put together one good drive and that's all they could do all night. Uh, so it's not like you're you know three scores behind. He was just trying to get that one, just that one drive, just that one score, one touchdown, force overtime, and he and he saw the end zone and he saw the corner and he, what he didn't see was was three guys on the Packers running towards the balls, just a just a panic move and it's just uh, indicative of the kind of night that Trubisky had. Yeah, if you wanted to watch a breakdown of that game, there was a five minute sequence uh, late in that game where the Bears had driven into field goal range and then turned that into a first and forty. God, penalty after penalty after penalty. (laughs) That sequence right there, how you move from field goal range to a first and 40, told you all you needed to know about the uh, the Bears' offense on that night, overshadowed, of course, by the fact that their defense once again played outstanding. Kind of a wasted effort. Got to such a hot start. Unfortunately, it brought back memories of the NFC title game. The way the Saints' defense came out and smothered the, the L.A. Rams, it, it, you got the feeling watching that game, oh, well, this is over. The the Rams can't do anything. They, they're going backwards. Every play they run, the Saints are right on top of it. There's no way the Rams have a – and what happens at the end of the game, the Rams win and go to the Super Bowl. And uh, a similar thing happened here where the Bears are making so many defensive plays and, and looking so awesome on every play. There's, there's men there every play that the Packers tried to run the first two or three series. And you're like, oh, well, this is this is over. They can't do anything. And then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers kind of flips that switch and finds that one good drive where he just he gets the big completion and that just sets everything in motion, gets that rhythm going, gets the no huddle going. The Bears defense is kind of on roller skates, just just a little bit off kilter, not a whole lot, but just enough. Uh, and for, for Rodgers to make enough plays to get into the end zone, get it to Jimmy Graham for the jump ball. And that was it. That was pretty much the ball game because Trubisky couldn't answer that one touchdown that the Packers got. One. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, I had a same. I had a similar feeling to the beginning of that NFC Championship game, watching the Bears come out on that. But I, I unfortunately had the same feeling in that title game as I had when I was watching that first couple of drives for the Packers, where the Bears were just, just they were just exploding off the ball. They were sacking Aaron Rodgers. They were whooping and hollering and all the def- you know that's unsustainable. You can't sustain that level right. of intensity for sixty minutes. So sometimes it's almost like you come out and you. You know, you shoot your wad, and, it, and you know, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, once you finally get into the the X's and O's of the game and the back and forth, which was unfortunately a lot of punting back and forth. Uh, I will still, however, 
take that 10-3 to effort over the Super Bowl because at least that was two <laughs> really good defenses playing against each other and not just bleh. Bad offense up and down the field. Yeah, I, I see your point there, but it still was pretty ugly to watch, uh, both the Super yeah. Bowl and that Thursday night opener. The last two NFL games have been really, really bad football. Uh, like you said, oh, give, it, give credit yeah. to the defenses, on, at least on this game. Uh, but yeah, it has been. It, it'll be much better tomorrow. Somewhere, somehow, you'll find a game wherever you are. If you're watching NFL football, you'll find the game better than the Super Bowl and better than the Thursday night opener. I promise yeah. you, you will. You have too many and options for, not to. And for a way too soon overreaction, for one night made me feel really good about my Packers uh, to win the division and go to the Super Bowl pick off the backs of a revamped defense. Yeah, and unfortunately made me kind of nod my head like, yeah, this is this is why I picked the Bears to miss the playoffs. They, there's there's too many yeah. variables. There's too many things that went their way last year that might not go their way this year. And then, yeah, through one game, it's it's looking kind of ugly. There's 15 more to go, so we, we don't have to overreact. <laughs> we get 15 more games of preseason week five. Yeah, you had the, uh, the Twitter joke of the night, except you had it way earlier than everyone else because that was a lot of reaction on Twitter after the game Thursday night was, well – the the NFL preseason is extended now into week five. You were saying that on the preview show Tuesday night, that this is what yep. a lot of games are going to look like in week one. And I stand by that. <laughs> so, well, hey, I guess that's all the NFL news that we need to talk about before we make the picks, right? Yeah, we can move on. There's nothing else to, to cover. Away. Um, hold, hold on. Hang on. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking Twitter. I'm che- wait, uh, oh, oh, oh boy. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff happened with this this guy Antonio Brown who who played for the who used to play for the who actually never played a fucking game for the Oakland Raiders. What a mess! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got I, I I threw out my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory that this all seems a little manufactured and all too convenient that Antonio Brown uh, suddenly becomes a malcontent and yells at his GM and tells him to find him and then. Instead of getting cut, because there was already words that he was going to get cut after that incident, that they don't cut him. They welcome him back. They tell him he's going to play on Monday night. And then, oh, okay, then he's just going to double down and start putting out secret recordings of the coach and then demanding that he wants to be cut by the team after he just apologized to them. So this basically feels – I had multiple thoughts about Antonio Brown today, but then all of a sudden when in an all-too-convenient manner he gets scooped up by the Patriots – for not that much less money than it seemed like he was about to make from the Raiders. Um, is, this has all got the feeling of being manufactured. And uh, I, I do hope that the league uh, takes a look at this because this does not. Uh, yeah, this, this is, this has got an odor to it. Uh, I think everybody could agree. And judging, judging on by a lot of the, uh, especially all the Twitter reactions that I was reading, although I had predicted earlier in the day that he would sign with the Patriots, which he did. Um <laughs> So nailed that one, even though I had people disagreeing with me, like, oh, Patriots would never do. Yeah, right. You know, there's no morals <laughs> in this franchise. This, you know, you know cheater uh, with their, you know, their, their cheater <laughs> ways and all the things. So I wouldn't I would be very interested to know um, how deep down the rabbit hole this one goes, because this does feel all too convenient. I had also started to wonder before he got signed, if a- Antonio Brown was like a CTE guy, you know, maybe he never recovered from that Vontez perfect hit in that playoff game and, mm. and it, no, I don't think that's the case anymore. Now I think he's a genius. He, he might be an evil genius. 
for, yeah. for getting out of that that Raiders deal, getting out of getting out yeah. of Burger. Um, yeah, it is. It does feel like something that was very uh, choreographed and orchestrated from the beginning. But Antonio Brown is that much of a douche and that much of a jackass that I think there's a really good chance this isn't coordinated and organized. I think this is just who he is and what he does. Uh, that video that came out last night, right before I went to bed, that was like the next level. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I can't give him evil genius or something like that. Cause who thinks of something like that? Like that's just, I'm going to get a, a conversation with my coach uh, where he's propping me up and telling me to just shut up and play football. And I'm going to secretly record it and then have it produced like a, a Nike commercial. And just, I mean, it was, first of all, uh, props to the production staff or, or whoever he's got arranging stuff like that. Cause that was very well done. You're not going to see a better NFL commercial all day tomorrow than what Antonio Brown put out uh, uh, with, with him oh, yeah. jumping out of the swimming pool and everything else. Uh, but then just all the, the drama going on with as soon as they find him and uh, can take away his guaranteed money. Now he's okay. Well, I'm going to get on Instagram and demand that they release me. Uh, they, go ahead and release him, which they didn't. I don't think they had to do that. I no, think they could have, have, yeah, they, they could have just held on to him and said, you know, whatever's going on, you're our property. We traded draft picks for you, and we're going to yeah. find a way to, to, to work this out. Nope, they said, we're done with you. We're finished with you. That's that's actually a Merga move, too. That's a, a sort of a down-low part of this that people don't realize. What other organization gives up draft picks for Antonio Brown brings him in, finds out that he's Antonio Brown, and then just gives him up for nothing, just cuts him. Right. Who, who else would do that? And I didn't know, did, you know, couldn't they have explored a trade? Unless I, I, I don't I, – I think they just sort of snapped and, and had, they all had enough at the same time, Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden and, and everybody involved and Mark Davis. I think they all just kind of like, yeah, this, is, this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to work out. We don't want this guy around at all anymore. So that bridge is – completely burned and now he comes on with the new england patriots i have to give you credit for the the prediction uh i realized and recognized that everybody on twitter was saying uh when he got cut that he's going to sign with the new england patriots now there, there were a lot there, there were they a were, lot and then of course there were a few reports but that's i i think that was more of like for me it was more of i had no evidence or anything but it just it felt like the move it, it just was like yep this feels like this feels like the Raiders are going to scoop in and I mean, the, I'm sorry, the Patriots are just going to scoop them up and this is just, this is what they do is this is how they operate. Like nobody else out there is going to, you know, okay. And that's why I give you credit because you were saying that uh, in, in, in reality, you weren't making a joke. I think everyone else that was saying that was saying it as a joke. Like, ah, I bet the Patriots come and scoop them. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't being, I was not being sarcastic. I was, I fully put out on Twitter, four or five hours before he signed with the Patriots that I expect him to be in a Patriots Jersey within two weeks. I didn't realize it would be within a few hours. Yeah. Um, he's obviously not going to play on uh, no, Sunday night, but he's going to play next week. So I guess my prediction right. within two weeks still holds true. He'll be playing for them within two weeks. He sure will. So that was your bold prediction about it. And so my bold prediction to follow up on that is, He'll burn his bridge with New England, and they'll cut him by week oh, yeah. six. Yeah, we're, well, we were uh, we were having a contest at my work today when we were discussing this. Uh, if you could take a bet to Vegas of who'd play more games this year, Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon? 
Ooh. That's a, that's a nice prop bet. <laughs> that's a juicy bet, isn't it? Uh, my does, other issue, which, which becomes more of a deeper issue. Does A.B. burn his bridge before... Uh, yeah, uh, Josh Gordon gets suspended. <laughs> yeah, before Gordon gets back into the nose candy. <laughs> or they both get suspended. You get like a combo meal or something. <laughs> they a cut them both. combo. Yeah, just <laughs> cut them both on the same day. Um, no, more of a X's and O's discussion, I'm guessing, would be more unlikely once he steps on the field as far as week two goes. But my, my feeling is there's only one ball to go around, and Tom Brady kind of has his favorites. And I could very easily see Antonio Brown uh, creating some dissension on that team if all of a sudden oh, yeah. that ball's not going to Julian Edelman or James White, um, you know, who are those sort of check down emergency valve players. And we know that Tom Brady can't throw the deep ball anymore at all. So I don't know if this is necessarily a match made in heaven, um, but we'll see. It could work, but this isn't the, the Tom Brady of the years that he had Randy Moss when he could just chuck that thing deep and, you know, with accuracy. Tom Brady hasn't had a deep ball for about three years, four years now. Right, and that's part of the decision that will make Antonio Brown burn his bridge and, and make New England cut him because when Antonio Brown was going crazy in Pittsburgh, it was always about not getting the ball enough from Ben Roethlisberger. When he gets the ball, he's fine. He's, he's got you know little antics on the field, but it's nothing like when he thinks he's not getting the ball enough or not getting a chance to produce enough yardage. That's when he really goes crazy, and there's no way he's going to get the ball enough and get enough yardage in New England because, as you said, Tom Brady isn't able to get the ball out there like Ben can, and also Tom Brady has his system of uh, check downs and short throws and screens, and, and he's not going to stop throwing to, to Julian Edelman three yards away because Edelman runs that arrow route like nobody's business, and A.B. might be standing out there for several plays in a row with his arms in the air like, uh, hey, I'm over here. Hey, yeah. you, you see me? Right. I'm here. Hello. And if you tell me on any third down that Tom Brady's not going to check that thing down or flare out to James White out of the backfield, um, yeah. It, 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 we'll see how this ends up fitting in as far as the X's and O's discussion goes. But I don't think that this is the all-automatic slam-dunk Patriots win the Super Bowl now because they signed A.B. Ah, uh, but the odds have gone in their favors. Uh, and that's not a surprise either. A lot of people flooding money on the Patriots now that they added Antonio Brown. And, and I, I can't say I blame them for that necessarily, but, that, but that's just predictable that something like that would happen. Oh, yeah, Tommy. You, why would you know? Okay. A.B. <laughs> and Tommy? Oh, my God. Let's go. Amazing, though, how many people out there watched this whole drama, especially like Patriots fans. I can't speak for Patriots fans who were all probably watching this thing unfold, thinking that A.B. is this, like the world's largest douchebag. We're all just super happy now that he's on. We love team. him. He's our favorite receiver now. Come on, Neil Brown. <laughs> They're all going out buying their 84 jerseys <laughs> or whatever the hell number he's going to wear. I feel bad for anybody who had a, a Raiders one. Right. 75% off everywhere around the world. No, and that's that's sports. That's just the the, the nature yeah. of sports is whatever you think of somebody uh, morally, uh, knock some girl out in a bar, whatever, whatever. When they put your team's colors on, now you see the other side of things. And that's, that's sort of the seamy underbelly of, of what sports can do. But it is what it is. That's the reality of it. Yeah, but on a side note, hey, Antonio, if you're listening, can I have your Murga hat? <laughs> Since you came up with the idea for it initially and everything. Yes, thanks. I, I, I can take, I don't know if anybody, if I could fight anybody who came up with that, but uh, we do have that on the record as far as, you know, date stamped and time stamped as far as uh, 
when we originally started talking about the whole Merga thing and the Make Raiders Great Again hats, uh, there was Antonio Brown this offseason wearing one, which we already uh, which we already covered in one of our previous shows. But yeah, yeah, if he doesn't he doesn't need it anymore. Oh no, highway. those are those are available for big time discounts as well now. Yeah, <laughs> we could put that Merga hat. We could put Antonio Brown's Merga hat right in the Hall of Infamy. <laughs> It may go there yeah. someday. Absolutely, it's right there at the front of the uh, of the entrance, <laughs> greeting you as as soon as you walk in. So, wow, fifteen games to pick. I do believe that we have decided. Um, we extended the show originally. We were going to do only an hour, which would have now left us only forty minutes to do the pick. So, I'm glad we did the extra thirty <laughs> minutes. We didn't know this was all going to happen, so I'm glad we right right tossed that we, we extra didn't... thirty, but. Didn't expect Antonio Brown's craziness to go this haywire this the right in the weekend right before the season begins. But my my whole thought about this week was because we don't know what to expect from teams and we don't know how the discussions might go and it's really hard to just call any game a highlight game because it's week one that we're just gonna run them down the line in order and um, do it the old fashioned way. Yeah, that sounds great to me, and we got the extra thirty minutes, like you said. I, why do I have a feeling we're still going to have the last two games on Monday it's night? Okay. We're going to have two minutes to go. Well, <laughs> as long, if it's the last game, then that one's okay, because that's that Denver-Oakland <laughs> game. Which, of course, of course it's the Denver-Oakland game. Of course. Of course it is. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, uh, did you ever get a chance to get on the Pick Watch website? Are you I a part not. of that? I did not. I did not. You sent it to me, and of course I intended to do it, and then life happened, and I forgot. Oh, it's, I think it's you sent that late, to me while I was. I think you sent that to me while I was at the water park with my children. Oh, bad timing. <laughs> yes, it's not like I knew you, you were there. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, you can still sign up. Um, I'm, they got the the new contest this year. I, I just wanted to bring it up to sort of laugh and cry at the same time because they have it on their website now. They have defined prizes now. They're not gonna. Throw oh. out these these terms about uh, these nebulous terms about you can win prizes on our website and then I win the uh, the against the spread fan contest last year on PickWatch.com and never hit. Not only do I not get a prize, uh, but I actually say something in the form about uh, you you guys giving out a prize for this and nothing, just radio silence, never hear back from at all. <laughs> Pretend like I didn't exist. You don't uh, even so get acknowledged they, like as last year's champion or anything. No, no, uh, not that I can see. I don't see anything about that, but uh, at least they didn't kill my uh, my, my entry. They didn't kill my login yep. at all, so I, I can still go to, uh, I want to get the website right, NFLPickWatch.com. Um, any I can't fan believe can you're sign still up. plugging them. Yeah, why not? Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, okay. a, it's a good site. It's a real good site. They keep track of your... <laughs> Your stats, they break it up by uh, by team. You can see which teams you're picking well, which teams you need help picking, and uh, you can uh, chart your progress all year. Uh, they they didn't, like I said, they didn't give a prize out, but they do have it on the website now, that first prize for, I, I think it's the, uh, the uh, straight-up contest for fans, and then there's the separate contest uh, against the spread, which is the one that I won last year. Uh, apparently, uh, you're going to get 1000 bucks. If you win, oh this, man, you uh, got hosed. Uh, yeah, well, what are you gonna do? I, I got to win it again this year. That's all I can do. So uh, I'm in it to win it. Uh, well, it, it never you're is, already a game never. down. Champs, it's never easy for me to repeat. 
Um, I'm already a game in the hole uh, Thursday night, but that's one game out of 264 or whatever, however many games it is. 256. Uh, yeah, so I knew it was something like that. So I, I got a lot of time to make it up. I think I had uh, told you that it was like it looked like a confidence type situation where you had to put ah. uh, points on it depending on your confidence. Uh, so it, it is that. It's, it's not what I thought. I thought it was going to be like a confidence pool, like you had to rank them 1 through 16 or something like that. It's not that. It's just that uh, it's it basically it's like uh, covers.com, that, that, that free contest. It's number of units uh, that you can – put one through five, depending on your confidence uh, in the game. So you, if you only have so much confidence in such and such game, you can only put one unit on it or you can put five. So it's, it's something like that, which is different from last year. Last year was just uh, each game was, you know, counted as one. Um, so it's, it's a little wrinkle and I kind of like it. Uh, cause I want to see how many people get a, a great percentage, but they were putting not enough points on the game. So they're still behind. Uh, so there's always people like that. Uh, so I'm 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 interested. I'm excited. I'm interested. Yeah. I, I I don't necessarily expect to win a game. Like that would be really incredible if I if I repeat like that. But I'm I'm in it. I'm I'm yeah. signed up. I'm ready and and ready to get these picks going uh, for Week One in the NFL. Right after and we know I that, give, we know that this is the only pick contest that matters in our 30th year of doing this. <laughs> 1989 is when we first started. Sitting there over the phone in seventh, sixth grade or seventh, seventh grade. Uh, yeah. Sitting there making picks uh, over the phone and getting down to straight the up. end of the season. Well, that, Back that then, was, we weren't were, paying attention to the spread, right? Those were straight up picks. Um, yep. Up until about midway through maybe sophomore year of high school, and then we started doing right. it by the spread. Um, that's when we started seeing our friends with the 295 win percentages. Yeah, shout out to D you know. wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to D and Nelson wherever yes. wherever you two guys are. <laughs> Man, if you guys were just gonna gone to Vegas and flipped all those picks, you'd all be retired <laughs> by now. I I I will never be uh, more astonished than I was looking at some of those those weeks that those guys are putting together. Like, how did you get all these games wrong? Like they were. They're knocking out two and thirteens and two and fourteens with with regularity, and I just I can't believe they're <laughs> yeah. doing that. I don't know if I don't want to jinx us, but I don't think last year either one of us had a, a two win week. No, I don't think we were we were anywhere near that bad. Uh, yeah, that 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 might be a jinx, but uh, I, I I don't know. It, it seems like it's a little easier these days. Uh, I don't know if it's just watching more games and being more knowledgeable, but. I think it's all. It might be then, but it's also more the the really good teams are really good, and you don't have to like. There's less mystery teams. There's less. There seem to be a lot more teams back when we were younger that you're like, I don't know. You know, from week to week, just completely uh, had no idea which you know wh- whether they were any good or, or whether uh, they were bad. You know, you had the the dynasty teams like the Cowboys and the 49ers uh, and Buffalo dominating the AFC, and there weren't as many top-notch teams as there are now to me. There, there's more teams that are just, you know, that they're really good. Um, and there's a lot less teams that are mystery teams to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we, it's also, there's so much more information out there. I mean, you think about the pen and paper days, right? You didn't right. have the availability of the information in this 24 hour news cycle and, and, and just up to the minute 
you know, reports on injuries and who didn't practice and, I, and, and, and so much how many all these players and everybody is under this microscope and there's so much more information out there. Um, but yet, at the end of the day, there's still a whole lot of people out there who cannot hit the 500 line uh, doing this. That's right. And, and even more our... that live below the Mariotti line. <laughs> we have our picks out there on our blog. You can go back and see the history, and you can see for yourself that we are uh, at or around 500 uh, pretty consistently. Not every single year, but uh, you, you got a lot of guys out there that call themselves experts. And yeah. they're nowhere near 500 some of those years. So, yeah, uh, we're pretty consistent. I think most of our, even our bad seasons have been 480, 490. Yeah, we're, we're normally not anywhere below like 470, something like that. Uh, yeah. Like I said, some of these experts, when you look at them and, and they're putting up 400 for the whole season, and you're like, that's Oof. not experts. Yeah, our buddy but. over at Yahoo Sports, uh, that season that he <laughs> caught it, that season that he sort of jumped onto our radar. Now, I know he was better last year, but that first season that we were, oh, man. Go, some people can go back and listen to those shows making fun of that guy um, doing the uh, shutdown corner picks that season of like two or three seasons ago when he uh, made his famously made his Thursday night pick on Friday. Um and claimed yeah. that he had made it on Thursday <laughs> on Twitter, but nobody saw which he, it. Which he did not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which he wanted okay. to, but he was out trigger treating. All right, I have I have like stopped that. you from doing the plugs, and that kid, <laughs> we'll, we'll have, and then we'll have an hour solid to get fifteen picks in. There you go. Uh, that blog site that our, our football picks are up that we've been doing since. Uh, that, that was 2009. I keep forgetting when we forgot when we started the blog, but since 2009, 2010. our 2010. Yeah, I told you I keep forgetting. Uh, since 2010. Next year will be 10 years. All our picks are up on the blog. That blog site is in much less detail. Blogspot.com. That's where all our picks go. That's where these picks tonight will go after the show is over. Uh, and of course, listen to this show many different ways. Uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, TuneIn, MixCloud, many other podcasting apps. That's after the show is completed and recorded. Uh, but the one place you can listen live is right here at blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. That website, that's the only place you can hear this show live as it's happening. Uh, Twitter, I am at IMLDDre. Jason's at IMLDJTG. Communicate with us via email. You would send that to in much less detail at gmail.com. And I think that's about all. We're not going to give out the phone number tonight because we're all about the picks and going through them one by one. And it is time to get started with the rest of the very first week of the 2019 NFL season. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Got to, got to improve on Thursday night. Got to get that taste out of our mouths. Uh, Starting at the uh, the top. Solidly had the under. Yeah, I love the under too. I didn't, you know, pump it up as much as I wanted to because I was all about, you know, bears. I go bears. Uh, but yeah, I, I, both of our picks uh, were definitely under that number. I don't think we had that lower number, thirteen no. points. No. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, on the, uh, the on that site, uh, the the covers handicapping site that I talked about, that free handicapping contest, I'm one in one because I had that under, so I'm not a, a complete loser there. So you know, break yeah. even as far as that goes. You can uh, win just as much money picking overs and unders as you can picking the spread. 
Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And there's some of these games that you probably will really love the uh, the under, and some of them you really love the over. And we'll definitely uh, get into some of that as we go along as well. Also, just wanted to point out that I'll, if I hopefully if I remember, I'll be pointing out my little stat that I uh, have done a little bit of research on about uh, some of these veteran coaches and their week one starts. Now, a lot of them are kind of middling as far as uh, you know. There's no real way one way or the other you can say that there you go there's one famous one now (laughs) yeah uh some of these are like oh my god yeah there's some big time trends for some of these uh coaches and and teams in week one um one of them leading direct to my choice for lock of the week which we will get to very very shortly oh okay and i've got my lock ready so i did not forget Glad neither one of us burned up our lock on Thursday night. <laughs> yes, indeed. That that would have definitely. I did that last year. I, I'd forgotten that uh, the the Falcons went into uh, Philadelphia uh, to open the season last year, and I was all over the Falcons. And and, and yeah, that that, that yeah. didn't go well for me. No, that was another low scoring, hard to watch game. It was. I, I put that out of my memory, but uh, indeed it was. All right. On to week one. We'll start at the top of the schedule with the Atlanta Falcons, the aforementioned Falcons. And this time they go on the road to face the Minnesota Vikings to open their season. Um, Atlanta coming off 7-9 season with all those injuries uh, that we talked about on defense. And Minnesota coming off the 8-7-1 campaign, the initial Kirk Cousins uh, campaign in Minnesota, which didn't go very well. But uh, the gang's back there in Minnesota. And most of the game back in Atlanta. Uh, and the spread on that one is three and a hook. The Atlanta Falcons are three and a half point underdogs in the dome at the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons in this one, especially getting that extra hook on the road uh, means that the Vikings uh, can, can eke this one out, kick a last second field goal, win the game, and uh, I can still win the pick. I ever think that the Atlanta Falcons are going to go down there and win the game outright. Uh, I know that this is your Super Bowl pick. We talked about in the preview show that nobody had a better offseason than the Atlanta Falcons just because they're getting all their uh, top quality, top tier, Pro Bowl caliber defensive players back. So everybody's back and healthy and reloaded here for week one. So there's no there's no relearning any scheme or change of coaching. I think this is going to be a, uh, a fired up and ready to go Atlanta team. Uh, I like the fact that they're traveling on the road, playing in a dome where Matt Ryan usually excels uh, everyone healthy on offense. Julio Jones just got locked up to the big contract. So he's, he's fat and happy now. Uh, Devonte Freeman for now is healthy. Um, I think this is a really good spot for Atlanta to go out there and sneak out a road win. Um, I, I've been, I was trying to use some metrics that I was watching um trying to keep an eye on things, especially the last couple of years where this preseason week five theme has started. So I, I, I was using some numbers. I won't talk about them in, in, until we get deeper into the show as far as what I was looking at, because this game is one of the exceptions to that, um, especially on the aspect of that Atlanta defense. If you looked at it statistically last year, it was just putrid and Minnesota had a, you know, easily top, top 10 defense in the league. But I think Atlanta started high and every time they'd go by another week and keep losing another guy, they started slipping down the rankings. So I think it was unfair. It's, I think it would be unfair for me to use Atlanta's previous season uh, defensive metrics against them. Uh, so I give them a pass for being 
really bad on off uh, defense last year because no, nobody was healthy and they were just sort of throwing guys out there and seeing what stuck and it wasn't much more like what stunk because that was their defense. I'm going to, and, and it's Kirk Cousins. Eh, it's a big spot. It's a big game. We'll see if he can, he, he's going to find a way to come up short. He's going to find a way to do something late. He's going to throw the late pick. He's going to get strip sacked. This is a big spot. Um, I both, we both have a feeling Atlanta wins this division. So I have a, you know, when we look back at last year at the record that Kirk Cousins had against teams with winning records. And that's why I've also have a feeling because I think Atlanta is going to have a winning record and win the division by the end of the year. And part of the reason why they will win this game because Kirk Cousins can't beat good teams. You like that? You like that? Uh, no, the, Jason definitely doesn't like that. We know that. Um, the only possible uh, injury ramification for this game, Stephon Diggs has had a hamstring he's been working through, but it looks like he's going to play. Uh, Atlanta, uh, I tweeted this out uh, earlier this week, maybe even yesterday. This is the start of a long string of turf games and dome games for the for the Falcons, uh, including their, of course, home games, but also road games uh, starting tomorrow in Minnesota. I believe it's the first 10 games of the season. Falcons get to uh, play in dome situations, and we know how much better Matt Ryan and the Falcons are uh, under dome situations. So that was something that made me feel very good as far as picking them to win the Super Bowl, which I already have done, in case you were not aware of that. However, it's a tough test for that uh, Atlanta defense to come back and uh, try to come right back and and gel together and and perform at at a top level. They have to be uh, in a dome against a Vikings offense that it wasn't top-notch, but it wasn't bad. Kirk Cousins has always been uh, average to above average at quarterback. His receiving core has always been uh, pretty decent in Washington and an upgrade here in Minnesota with Diggs and and Adam Thielen uh, and Kyle Rudolph. Uh, And I think the key to this game is going to be, of course, Minnesota getting the, the return of Dalvin Cook at running back. Uh, who has shown flashes to have just an incredible ceiling uh, at running back, running the ball, catching the ball. He's got moves. He's got speed. He's got some power. Um, If he can stay healthy, Dalvin Cook, I think, can be one of the best backs in the league. Uh, My little week one metric uh, does not look good for the Falcons here either. They're uh, 0-2-1 their last three games, uh, their last three week ones. And Minnesota under uh, their coach, uh, is three and zero the last three years straight up and against the spread uh, under Mike Zimmer. So I don't feel hugely great about it, but I'm gonna give Minnesota the the benefit. Uh, they come out prepared. This is uh, very big for me with this Week One stat. I love the teams that know how to come out right out the gate in Week One prepared. We saw uh, a, a, an example Thursday night of a team that did not come out of the gate prepared, and I and I really want to take that seriously and, and have a little bit of an edge with some of these uh, week one games. I think that's a big edge to, to be prepared. And I'm going to take Minnesota and give that three and a half. Okay. Already, already out of the gate. We disagree. Yep. Uh, moving on to the uh, LA Rams and the Carolina Panthers, the defending NFC champion uh, Los Angeles Rams start out on the road, of course, 13 and three last year. Uh, Carolina seven and nine, but five and three at home, so may provide a, a bit of a, a challenge for the Rams. 
Uh, Rams are only a one-point favorite in this game at Carolina. Yeah, surprising number. Um, but I'm going to take a few factors here into consideration as to why I'm going to actually take the Panthers uh, in this spot, which I guess would be considered springing a mild upset um, for the, the, the moment. Possible upset. Mild upset when you're only giving one, you know, getting one point at home. But I think overall, I think football fans, like the people who aren't paying attention to betting, would consider this a, a more of a major upset. Um, I, I don't generally like West Coast teams traveling east, especially, you know, into that noon game. Um, it would say whatever you will about it. There's there's proof, and we've seen it over the years, that this is not a good spot. Also, I think this is a matchup problem for the Rams. I think the, the, the Panthers' strength at, with Christian McCaffrey and also Cam Newton, if, if he's trying to be Superman again, is running the football, which is the absolute biggest liability on the Rams' defense. And you can grind them and you can pound them, and uh, you can keep that high-powered offense off the field. And Carolina – not terrible on defense. So this isn't a team that just goes out and just uh, just completely craps the bed and just gives up the booty left and right when it comes to defense. So I think that this is a spot with the Carolina running game, with a decent defense against a Rams defense. You know, they get after the quarterback, but you know sometimes you're on your way to the quarterback running by draw plays and screens and flares out of the backfield. I think this is the Christian McCaffrey show. I think he goes nuts. And I think the Panthers win. Yeah. Cam is a uh, healthy ish right now. Uh, Cam <laughs> as healthy as he can be. As healthy as he can be. And of course that's a big key for the Panthers. Whenever he goes down, that's going to be about the end of the Panthers, but this is week one. He hasn't gone down yet. Uh, the Rams, I think there's some pressure on them to show that they're over that Super Bowl effort. So they might come out and impress a little bit tomorrow. I think the timing might be off, that that great timing of, of Sean McVay's offense with all the motions and screens. I think they might be off with the lack of preseason play. So I think this is one of those games that is a perfect example of what you've been talking about, Jason, about the preseason week five uh, and teams that really are are coordinated like a, a like a like a Broadway play, like the Rams' offenses, they need that time. They need that the, the the game reps to get that going. And I I'm with you. I think I I got a feeling that uh, Jared Goff and the Rams' uh, timing might be just a little bit off. Um, and I also agree that Christian McCaffrey should have a big day uh, on that terrible terrible Rams run defense that likes to rush upfield for the quarterback and forget about, oh, shit, there's a running back going right by us. Uh, so I concur. I will also take the Panthers. Yeah. yeah, so not to let the cat out of the bag here, but my my metric or what I was looking at was using this mentality of preseason week five and what I especially what I saw last year in opening week and this year on opening night is – can generally see especially with these teams sitting out all of their offensive players and their big name high position skill set guys the defenses are going to be way ahead of the offenses mm-hmm. and it like it. that inform that has informed most of my picks i will say most <laughs> most of my picks because <laughs> there's a couple of situations where offenses are just so bad that you you have to overlook that <laughs> No, I, I agree. Uh, in general, I think I have more more unders, a lot more unders in my uh, scores this uh, this weekend uh, than overs. Uh, perhaps I should uh, we should talk about that if that's something. If we're a gambling site, if we really have a strong feeling about uh, a game uh, over under, then maybe we should 
speak on that as well. Um, Rams Panthers not, not necessarily uh, a guarantee to be under, but per- perhaps uh, something that could be under Minnesota and Atlanta in the dome. I actually like that uh, as one of those games to be over. I, I, I don't think either defense is so great that they're going to completely blunt the other offense. So that's one of the few games that I think is, is going to go over this weekend. Yeah. And I didn't look at any of the over unders. Um, I, I may, I may, maybe I should start looking at those more. I looked at the one for the Thursday night game because I had such a strong feeling that that was going to go um, way under and it did go under. So here's the game that uh, I talked about it in the preview show, or at least I meant to. Uh, there's a couple of teams that I love their unders all year. Like bet them, bet the under 16 times and you're probably going to win 10 or 11 or 12 of those. <laughs> Uh, the Tennessee Titans, I love their unders. Just keep taking unders, and I love their under in this game, too, against Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Tennessee at 9-7 and seven last year, the Browns at 7-8-1, and one, but they're getting all the hype, of course, uh, because everyone loves the additions that they made and, and all the talent that they have. And it looks like the arrow is certainly pointing up for the Brown Fever for the first time in a long time. Um, and the point spread reflects that because the Titans are five and a half point dogs yeah. in the dog pound at the Browns. Yeah, and the the just to show the Carolina, I mean, the, just to show the Cleveland Browns. I've still got Carolina on my brain. Just to show the Cleveland Browns how far they've come. Um, I, I'm going to say something I, I can't believe I've I'm going to say, but I've got the Browns. What? And it's my lock of the week. What? The Cleveland Browns. I think uh, we talked about it on the preview show about the backslide of the Tennessee Titans, and uh, I'm, I'm not very impressed with Tennessee, and I think uh, Cleveland, especially against lesser opponents, is really going to look dominant because they do have a, a very good defense. That defense is good on all three levels. They can get pressure on the quarterback. They're going to confuse the hell out of Marcus Mariota, who cannot throw the football. I don't see Derrick Henry getting a whole lot done. And uh, uh, Cleveland, once Baker Mayfield sort of, you know, came out of the shadows of that defense and they started to take the leash off of him, um, Cleveland was one of the most explosive offensive uh, teams in football last year. So I think against garbage teams, Cleveland is going to look like world beaters. So I think you know, there's some bum slaying in the Browns' future this year, but I'm going to take the Browns in the dog pound, give them all, and lock it up. That's very bold, uh, but yeah, the, the and it's also bold just because of the, the the hype team. We made fun of all the hype that the Browns are getting, so to, to come right out and love the hype, but uh, you, you make <laughs> this the, is the anti-Titans pick. <laughs> yeah, I was, you make the point that uh, when they get a team that maybe you can uh, step on and that they're much better than, they probably are going to make a, a statement and try to run it up like that. So I understand the. Uh, that situation of uh, the, the week one thing for the Browns is not so much about the coaching, of course, because their coach is brand new and, and uh, Freddie kitchens, but it, it's, the, it's about the franchise. Do you know their record since they became the Cleveland Browns again in 1999? Do you know the Cleveland Browns week one record? Cause I just saw it today and it's legendary. Oh, it's gotta be awful, but I know there's a tie in there. Before the tie last year against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Browns were 1-18 their last 19 week ones, dating back to 1999. Uh, This is a whole new Cleveland Browns team. 
It better be. Is about all I can tell you. This better be a new, a new day for the Cleveland Browns because the old Browns are a complete joke. Uh, we talked about, of course, in the uh, uh, preview show that so much of the love is just because it's it's the Browns aren't going to be terrible. They're not going to suck. So rejoice, be happy about that, Cleveland. Uh, five and a half against a, a Titans team that isn't awful. Uh, that that's that's a lot of love. It's asking a lot, but there's some uh, things in in their favor. Uh, the Titans will not be uh, with their star left tackle, their Pro Bowl left tackle. Taylor Lewan got popped for Ped, so he's not going to play. And Marcus Mariota already plays scared, uh, even with some decent protection. So that might be ugly, uh, that if he's yeah. standing back there uh, with, with a lot of pressure in his face, that's probably not going to go well for the Titans. Uh, we already are a little bit on Mariota watch, waiting for the, the moment when they might bring in Ryan Tannehill. And if he gets hit hard enough tomorrow, it might be in week one. You, you never know. Um, so I definitely don't feel uh, the love that you feel for the Cleveland Browns. But I will concur and give the five and a half and take Cleveland. And that in itself is, is bold enough. I don't need to be even – I, I don't have to uh, – you got the balls. You got the stones this week. You, you got the yeah. balls and make them your lock. I don't have those kind of stones. I, I just – I love it when you shit all over my pick and then agree with me. There's nothing better. <laughs> I was just stunned that you locked them up. I was just, you know, I, I, I looked up and down. I looked up and down the slate. I am so over the Titans as like viable <laughs> playoff material that this is this is a shot right at the Tennessee Titans because I I think I think they're uh, I, I think they're out of the playoffs. I think they're drafting high. I think there's going to be a quarterback problem with that team. Um, think that offense would probably move better with Ryan Tannehill because he can throw and uh, there's actually quality talent that can catch the football on that team that Marcus Mariota cannot use at all um, but yeah I think I think I think Cleveland is a little overpowering here for a team like the Titans on the road all right we shall find out we'll find out right it's week one I mean what do we know week two we get <laughs> to overreact to all of this oh, overreaction theater I'm, not, I'm already ready for that uh, on to uh, an intriguing matchup, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this is the very first test for our, our Jaguars that we both picked to win the AFC South. And the first game out of the box is the Kansas City Chiefs and, and the MVP, yeah. Pat Mahomes. Uh, well, we, we love that Jaguars defense. Good luck. Here's your here's your first test. Uh, so yeah. Kansas City, 12-4 and four last year. Jacksonville, 5-11. and 11. Uh, the Chiefs, of course, are the big favorite, but not too big. Three and a hook. Kansas City gives three and a half at Jacksonville. Yeah, hidden in the hidden in the details last year of the thirty to fourteen win at Kansas City over Jacksonville was the fact that Jacksonville went on the road, held Patrick Mahomes to a no touchdown, two interception line, still lost by sixteen points because Blake Bortles for the Jaguars managed to have <laughs> one touchdown and four picks. Um, so you, you, you know, this is why he is out and Nick Foles is in and don't keep in mind that one touchdown and four picks was against the 31st ranked pass defense in the NFL. I mean, Kansas city on the back end is brutal. I love the Jaguars on this one. I did not think I love the Jaguars enough to lock it up, but I like the Jags at home getting the three and a hook, um, with the chiefs, because I think the defense is still solid. 
Um, just the fact that they were able to go into Kansas City and put the zero up on Mahomes and keep him out of the end zone says a lot to go on the road and do that. Now they're going to get him in their building. Um, and that Jaguars defense, uh, watch out for this new kid, Josh Allen, and all. The, watch out for Jalen Ramsey and his truck full of money. I mean, just, just watch out for these guys. They're going to be a really good, really dangerous team, and I'm very excited to see what Nick Foles can do over the top against a trash secondary. I'm sure Pat Mahomes was getting that notification uh, in his tweets and in his social media and whatnot about <laughs> you're playing a team that held you out of the end zone last year, Mr. MVP, what you got? Uh, probably from the Jaguars themselves, because as we know, the Jaguars like to talk and they like to let their <laughs> opponents know uh, that they're yeah. in the house and they're ready for him at all times. So uh, Pat Mahomes knows that uh, he, he wasn't able to put up a touchdown against them last year. And he knows that they still beat their ass. Uh, like you said, 30 to 14 because of the uh, atrocious play of Blake Bortles, who is not there anymore. And, and Nick Foles takes over for the Jags. But yeah, I, I think there's going to be a little motivation for, for the MVP to go in there and okay, you guys held me out of the end zone and, and I still, balled out against every other team. So now I got to make it right against you. And and it's the very first game out of the box. Uh, This is a a week one coach in Andy Reid that does very well. Uh, Three and O the last three week ones, two and one against the spread, but the one loss was by half a point. Uh, So they're going to be ready. The chiefs are uh, always ready, but I'm sure even more ready this year because of, the, the heartbreaking way that they lost last year. I I do have the Chiefs going uh, back to the AFC title game and going all the way on to the Super Bowl this year. And it starts with a statement game at a very game, very hyped up Jacksonville Jaguars defense. I'm not saying Pat Mahomes goes in there and, and puts up 350 and four touchdowns, uh, but I do say that he goes in there and sort of makes it good and, and has a good game uh, against the Jaguars and leads the Chiefs to a victory. Uh, first, uh, defensive effort for the Chiefs, a new look Kansas City defense, Steve Spagnuolo's new 4-3 defense. I think that's going to be a big key to Kansas City's success. I think that's what puts them over the top and makes them a Super Bowl team is is revamping that terrible, terrible defense. And Jacksonville's got O-line trauma early. They've got starters missing on their offensive line. They've got shuffling that they're doing. Guys are playing in positions that they're not usually playing in. I think the Chiefs come out, get the lead, and are able to go and get pressure uh, on Nick Foles and, and hold that lead and put the Jaguars away. All right. Already a little bit of uh, high drama here, especially as this is the preview for both of our AFC representatives in the Super Bowl right off the bat. That's in week right. One. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Certainly one of the games I'll be keeping track on uh, as much as possible tomorrow. I forgot to look at my TV schedule to see which games I'm getting. Uh, You are, of course, light years ahead of me and and we'll be able to watch whatever game you want because of the uh, NFL package. I don't have the uh, NFL package anymore. Oh, okay. See, I'm working tomorrow, and by virtue of the Packers playing on Thursday night, I'll be at work and we'll have red zone. So I'm going to be in football heaven tomorrow. There you go. Get every... Uh, red zone action that you can possibly uh, hope for. So. Yeah, there's nothing better I'm, than NFL red zone. I'm, I'll give shameless plugs to red zone all day long. <laughs> that is the best creation ever. I've only seen it a time or two when they had like free previews or something like that. And I got to admit, it's, it's pretty addictive. Like you can't even yeah. get up and take a piss because you're like, Oh, here comes some, another you red remember? zone dripping. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh. 
You remember, when we went to Vegas? You're, you remember going to Vegas and just walking around in the casinos and we'd never seen anything or been anywhere like that. And you're just walking around and you got the big smile on your face because it's just overload. <laughs> you're just basically, yeah. it's just, it is, it is information and sensory overload. And that's what red zone is for yeah, football fans. Uh, there's nothing better. I agree with that. Uh, on to a game that will not be sensory overload, Washington and Philadelphia. At least I don't think Oof. it will. Maybe you think differently. No, that's, uh, but the Reds, that's some bad, that's bad, bad, bad. Redskins 7-9 and nine last year. The Eagles only 9-7, and seven, but they get their star quarterback back and healthy in Carson Wentz. And as a result of that, the Skins are 10-and-a-half-point dogs, biggest spread of the week at the Eagles. Yeah, I, I threw the whole uh, not – playing together during the preseason out for this one. I think that's a pretty well-run offense and there's enough there's enough gadgetry and options with the running game, with the checkdowns, with the receivers out of the backfield, with the with the tight end. There there's so much motion and things that they can throw at you that this isn't really like finesse and timing. This isn't like the Rams. I think the I think it's more that how many different ways that the, the Eagles can come at you that they can really make you look bad. And the Washington Redskins are just a total mess. Um, I, I believe uh, we talked about on the preview show that they are not yet starting Dwayne Haskins, or did that change since our preview show? Not yet. It's going to be Colt McCoy. It, Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah. Give me the yeah. – it was hard. This was, a, this was a contender for lock of the week, but this feels like an <laughs> Eagles squish all the way. Uh, again, I do believe that the beginning first three, four games of the season are very tough games for the Washington Redskins, and they did not want to throw Dwayne Haskins completely to the Wolves. And basically this is going to be, uh, yeah, Colt, Colt McCoy. Wow. No, I – yeah, I, I think he can't walk yet, so I'm I'm, I'm mistaken on that. It's not Colt McCoy. He got hurt and, and still isn't. Uh, yeah, it's somebody else, isn't it? It's Case Keenum. I knew it was a Case C. That's, that's where I got. Not confused. any better. <laughs> I mean, if you hurt sent Colt, Colt McCoy, McCoy or... out there wearing Case Keenum's jersey, nobody would care. <laughs> nobody would this notice. Is, yeah, the name on his jersey should say "Fodder," as in cannon <laughs> fodder. Which would be another C. I'd, I'd still be confused. Yes. Colt or Case or Cannon. I, I don't know. Cannon. His new name is Cannon Fodder. Uh, to your point that the Eagles may not uh, need a lot of preseason and, and need a lot of gelling and whatnot, uh, this is one of those week one teams under uh, their coaching staff, 3-0 and the last three years, straight up and against the spread. They come out ready. Um, they, Doug Peterson uh, gets his guys prepared no matter who the quarterback is. I uh, don't think there'll be any different here. Uh, and Jay Gruden uh, does not have his team ready. Washington one and two the last three years against the spread and also straight up. Uh, three things are constant uh, in the world, death, taxes, and Jordan Reed is concussed. That's uh, the other thing that's always uh, a, a constant. And once again, he's going to be out. And that's even bigger than normal because that Redskins – offense and weaponry has always been a little lacking, but even more so this year. See, I'm like, I don't know who their receivers are. I don't know who they have trying to catch balls for them. So I'm not sure how they're going to put together any kind of offense, no matter who the quarterback is. Um, so I concur. I also consider locking it up, except that spread is pretty damn big. Uh, but I will take the, uh, the Eagles, give the 10 and a half to Sean Jackson all day, baby against his former team. He's not going to have too many big games because he's old. 
but this will probably be one of them. Uh, yeah, if you're going to have a big game when you're old, have it early. You know, Washington's disadvantaged anyway, talent-wise, but their left tackle, Trent Williams, holding out against the Eagles pass rush and, and front four, that's almost unfair, man. This is yeah. this, this got a, a, a chance to be really, really bad tomorrow. Yeah, this has got like 38-3 written all over it. <laughs> 34-14 is my pick, yep. Uh, on to uh, the Bills and the Jets, some more bad football out east. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo at 6-10 and 10 last year with their project at quarterback, uh, but he looked a little better as the season went on. And the Jets at 4-12 and 12 last year with, with their sort of project uh, at quarterback and Sam Darnold. Uh, Bills are the underdogs in this one. They are two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road at the Jets. Yeah, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills here. I'm going to stand behind my Bills to the playoffs pick this year. It doesn't mean I'm going to pick them every week, but they're playing against a you know, division opponent, a, a fairly mediocre squad. We're going to see what we get here in year two of Sam Darnold. Um, again, a young quarterback. Not a lot of reps in the preseason. He he did have he. I don't believe he sat the whole time, but uh, that Bills defense, whew, that Bills defense, uh, very quietly that number two ranked defense last year. No, now nobody talks about them. Everybody talked about the the Ravens and the Bears. Well, sandwiched in between the Ravens and the Bears was this Buffalo Bills team, and they can get after you. Uh, and there, that's a that's a nasty defense with an extremely good back end. Uh, I'm interested to see how they handle Le'Veon Bell, how that experiment works out here for the Jets. But uh, I think Sam Darnold's going to get some tricky looks. Uh, I think the Bills come out and uh, get the uh, upset on the road. Yeah, the Bills' defense is one factor for me, and the second factor is on the other side, the Jets' cornerbacks uh, who aren't exactly speed burners already, and then Tremaine Johnson has a hamstring injury. Uh, against the Buffalo Bills, what they did in their wide receiver core, they may not have great receivers, but they have fast receivers. So uh, I'm thinking John Brown's going to do some toasting out there tomorrow, and I, I'm with you. I got the Bills uh, to beat the, the Jets straight up. All right. We concur. Not much else to say about that. We move on no, to the – No, we can see this is what I like about this. We can just go right through <laughs> that game and – That was never a contender for highlight game, no matter what we were doing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe Halloween week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this also would not be uh, a, contend- a contender for a highlight game. Ravens and Dolphins as the Miami Tink Fest uh, started in earnest tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Baltimore on the road, 10-6 and six last year with Lamar Jackson getting his first full year under center. Miami at 7-9 and nine with their new coach doing his best to tank, and they haven't even played yet. Uh, Ravens are seven point favorites on the road at the Dolphins. Yeah, just by virtue of what the uh, the horrible situation is in Oakland, maybe who knows what we're going to get in Arizona. But yeah, the Dolphins the Dolphins are going to be in solid contention for that number one pick in the draft next year. They're not starting the most talented quarterback on their roster, which should be all you need to know about this game. Playing against what was <laughs> last year the number one defense in football, I'm not that high on the Ravens this year. I have them finishing a a good third, um, a contending third. I think they'll be, you know, on the pretty close to, or maybe even on the uh, plus side of 500, maybe by a game. Um, and any of the worries and all that that I had about Lamar Jackson, I don't think the Dolphins are going to present enough of a challenge, even at home, um, to really slow down this Baltimore team. And even though that's a lot of points to be giving up on the road for a team that's not offensively talented, uh, I. Pff, 10 nothing covers. 
that it does. Uh, so the Mimi Tank job is under consideration on one side. Looking at the other side with the Ravens, uh, you talk about teams that get prepared. John Harbaugh, he's one of those coaches. He has his teams ready uh, on a winning streak, uh, three games in a row uh, against the spread and straight up the last three week ones. And then don't forget last year in week one, they beat Buffalo by a score of 47 to three. And that was with Joe Flacco. Uh, they're, this is not a team uh, that they should have any trouble with at all because Dolphins, again, are trying not to win. So if they did that to a team last year in Buffalo that was trying, what are they going to do to a team that's trying to lose? This should be the lock of the century. This Cannot, oh, no. I cannot <laughs> imagine. Oh no! I can't imagine the Dolphins competing in any way, shape, or form tomorrow. I, I got Baltimore. Uh, what do I have? It's twenty-seven to three, I, yeah. I, and three is generous. So this, this should be a yeah. Score. You know, anybody can get a lucky field goal. Yeah, exactly. So, Although I was yeah, watching I the Badgers game today, um, and they beat Central Michigan. I want to say sixty-one to nothing. I believe the stat was they had 600 yards of offense to 52. That's pretty dominant. That that might be about what Baltimore yeah. does to Miami tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> At least I hope so for the sake of my luck. Uh, on to the late afternoon games and Cincinnati and Seattle. This uh, is the second biggest spread of the week. Uh, we know how everyone loves Cincinnati at home, especially early in the season. That's always a, a team that's sort of overbet, but uh, in this case, it might be actually worth it because Cincinnati is six and ten last year, and probably going to be worse this year, especially without having AJ Green tomorrow at all in their lineup. Uh, Seattle at ten and six, a surprising playoff berth for them, but they are uh, they're back and they're trying to be as, as better as, as good as they were in their in their Legion of Boom days. They're they're trying to be resurgent. Uh the Bengals are ten point underdogs on the road at the Seahawks. Yeah, it's a big number on the road. I mean a big number for anybody. Ten points in week one. That really tells you what the betters out there and the line setters think about the Cincinnati Bengals. But the big factor for me and we talked about it in the uh preview show is that as long as uh AJ Green isn't out there suiting up for the Cincinnati Bengals, that the Bengals are going to be uh, basically against the spread poison. Uh, they are just absolute garbage when AJ Green, I was going to say Antonio Brown, when AJ Green does not play, uh, it is a pretty much a safe bet that you just want to fade the Cincinnati Bengals for as long as you possibly can. I don't care who the opponent is. Andy Dalton's not going to get it done. Uh, Seattle, that's not really Legion of Boom territory yet, but I think with the 12th man, and it's going to be good enough. I mean, even if their defense is, let's say, 10 to 15 this year, that's going to be a big improvement over what we were seeing at the first of all, the beginning of last year and also then the previous season. Uh, Russell Wilson, we'll see if he uh, has any weapons on that offense. I really want to see this big wide receiver, this uh, DK Metcalf that they drafted. Looks like the perfect complement to what Russell Wilson likes to do. He's a big target, almost like another tight end out there on the field, but with wide receiver skills. I want to see if they get him incorporated in it all. Um, if he's out there playing, I want to see some plays there. I, I really, Seattle, this is this literally is preseason week five. They can just work on some things because I think Seattle wins this one uh, going away, squish. Yeah, I want to uh, be against the Seahawks because they're one of the teams. Pete Carroll does not have them coming out hot. Uh, 0-2-1 against the spread the last three week ones. 
And like I said, they're always over bed early anyway because everyone loves Seattle at home. But I think this is just uh, the perfect opponent for, for Seattle to have this early in the season to exactly, like you said, work on some things. Uh, Cincinnati just sucks. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't want Seattle miss 10 this early in the year, but I, 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 take, her, I take them because uh, this is a perfect opponent for them. The Dolphins might, might have been the only opponent better for Seattle uh, at this stage of the season than the Cincinnati Bengals because uh, they, they just look like they're not going to be any good whatsoever. Uh, so I, I concur with you, and I'll take Seattle and give the Big Ten points. All right. Two good spreads. We're, we're going with the favorites, so that's uh, – it's feeling a little trappish. I don't want to call them Elvis games, but that's just saying. I'm not getting an Elvis vibe on that one because, uh, boy, it feels but pretty safe. But, it feels it, safe. But isn't that the the definition of Elvis? Uh, it just feels so good. Like it can't be. It can't go the other way. That, that's how no, you get the, trapped. Although the Elvis game is when we know we're walking into a trap and we can't walk out. <laughs> ah, okay. Caught in a trap and can't get out. That's right. Uh, on to the uh, unlucky horseshoe team, the Indianapolis Colts, who will not have their star quarterback, Andrew Luck, who has decided to walk away from the game. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, Jack Brisket and the Colts, uh, six-and-a-half-point underdogs at Phillip Rivers and the 12-4 and four from last year, Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I, while, while I do believe in the slow fade here of the – Los Angeles Clippers or the San Diego <laughs> Clippers of Lo- Los Angeles or whatever, whatever the hell they are. Uh, this is not a spot where I believe with uh, Jake Brisket going on the road uh, where they're going to be able to do a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the, the Chargers defense is good, uh, really good. I mean, that's a good team. They can get after it. I don't think, I don't like dome teams going out on the grass. That generally doesn't work out too well either. Um, when you see those dome teams going and playing on the West coast and those open air stadiums, things never really seem to go too well. That always seems to hold their offensive potential down. Even though I'm not that high on the chargers this year, this does feel like a, uh, a charger squish. I'm going to take the chargers and give the six and a half. It's one of those where we, we pick every game, of course, but that doesn't mean we feel very confident in it. So this might be one where I put one point of confidence on it, but uh, I'm going to take the, the Chargers and give the six and a half just because it feels like a touchdown win. So I, if I if I took the oh. six and a half and they won by seven, I would want to take out a, a shotgun at that point and, and put it to my head. So I'm going to go ahead and give the six and a half. Uh, there's a couple of factors that, that scare me. Um, the Clippers have to find a way to compensate for their strong safety, Derwin James, who's been a, a stud in his career, but he is uh, injured and out for the year. Uh, they, that's 75 solo tackles, three picks, and three and a half sacks from last year that they have to make up. So that's going to be daunting for them. Um, and then specifically in this game, what I'm a little afraid of is all the, the drama about Andrew Luck quitting and all oh, the poor Colts and they're just so dead in the water. They may come out and ball out tomorrow because they got nothing to lose. It might be one of those situations where they just play free and loose because they don't give a fuck. Uh, so I'm a little afraid of that as well. So, uh, But like I said, I'm more afraid of taking the Colts and then the, the Chargers win 31-24 and, I, and wind up winning the game by a half a point. So I'm going to give the six and a half with you, but I don't feel too great about it. Uh, on to the 49ers and the Buccaneers. Uh, 
talk about over-unders, this one might be 40-40 uh, by the time they get to the end of the fourth quarter. So uh, might, might love the over in that one. Uh, San Francisco with uh, Janine Garoppolo making his return from injury. 4-12 and last year, the 49ers with, with Garoppolo hurt and 0-8 on the road. Very ugly year for them. Tampa Bay at 5-11 and uh, and 4-4 four and four at home. Not too much better for them. Uh, San Francisco is only a one-point underdog on the road at Tampa Bay. Yeah, this was a hard one to pick for me because I really didn't want to take the Niners in this spot with the West Coast team going east, but I did. And uh, the reason I did that was because we've got a new team, a team, not a new team, but we've got a new head coach installing a new offense. Didn't see a whole lot of, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of these guys get sat during the preseason. Jameis Winston, one of the biggest wild cards in the NFL. You never know if you're going to get, you know, sort of like good Jameis or bad Jameis. You just don't know which one you're going to get in his first game uh, against a eh, maybe slightly less than average NFL football team. But uh, we know that that team with Jimmy Garoppolo scores a lot more points um, than it did with either Cedric Mullins. Ooh. Or I know his name is Nick, Nick Mullins. Yeah, Cedric Mullins plays baseball. That's how bad these guys are. Or whoever the other guy was that they had playing quarterback for them last year. Was oh, it Bethard? I mean, it's just terrible. The great C.J. Bethard. C.J. Bethard and Nick Mullins. No, Jimmy Garoppolo is was the guy they went out and they got. And when he is out there and he plays a whole game, they can put up a lot of points. And the, tan, the, the Tampa defense we know is not that great. Um, I think there might be some confusion on that offense they haven't been Tampa has to feel like they've been able to run the ball since my god Warwick Dunn was on that team I mean can you remember the last time they had a really good running back their running game is usually just atrocious so you could just sit Mus- back play Muscle Dimes. Hamster had a couple of years in yeah there. okay he had a few before he completely fell off <laughs> but yeah. yeah you can just sit back play nickel play dime make Jameis Winston throw the ball to you and uh, turn them over, and I think San Francisco escapes with a high-scoring victory here. This does feel like – this feels like the over of the week. This feels like a, a 35-33 type game. Well, that would be a lot of confidence in uh, a couple of offenses after three seasons where they don't do too much. So uh, I, I do uh, also feel like it, it should be over, but I, I'm not quite as confident as you about being in the 30s, but I can see it, though. Um, but yeah, to your point, uh, Tampa Bay and, and a new offense with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, uh, I don't know if they need as much work as anybody else because they, their quarterback, Jameis Winston, he doesn't know how to do anything else anymore, but, but chuck it up. So it really doesn't matter. He doesn't need much work. Him and, and, and Mike Evans, uh, they know what to do. When, whenever things break down and whenever they need to do something, uh, they know how to make plays together. They, they, at least that's one thing they can do well. Uh, I don't know about anything else, but uh, that's one thing that the Buccaneers have going for them. And on the uh, defensive side, San Francisco will not have their free safety, Jimmy Ward. He stays hurt. Uh, their cornerback, Jason Verrett, the former Charger, he also stays hurt, but he should play. But, uh, yeah, it feels like the Niners uh, are walking into a, a bit of a bear trap of their own uh, defensively. And James uh, Winston will light them up for 300, and, and I'm going to take San, uh, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay uh, to knock off the Niners tomorrow. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's probably for me if I was doing a confidence pool, one of my lowest ones. Yeah, I can see that being a two or three point game or something like that. Uh, Dallas and the Giants. Uh, this is a, a 
uh, annual tradition in week one that the uh, New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys get together because this is that's what they do. They they are scheduled against each other all the time. I didn't have the stat uh, in front they, of me, but they, I they still only play twice a year, right? It feels like they play nine times a year. They always play in week one. I know that. I saw it somewhere. <laughs> I want to I want to say six of the last eight years, the Giants and the and the Cowboys wow. have played each other in week one. In, in, in some form or fashion At least they're not on Sunday night this year Usually that's the Sunday night game But uh, not on Sunday night It'll be in Dallas, it'll be in the afternoon uh, Eli Manning uh, Against Dak Prescott once again uh, The Giants could have used Golden Tate To try to replace Odell Beckham But of course he got popped for Pitt So, so he's not going to be there I don't know who the hell's running out there For uh, for the Giants on, on offense But uh, in any event 5-11 and 11 Giants from last year uh, and ten and six Cowboys from last year. Giants are seven and a half, seven and a hook. Yep, got the hook in there. Seven and they a half. They added that hook on there. The Cowboys. Yeah. Most of the most of the sites I'm looking at had that as a seven, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to say that the hook scares me off of this pick one way or the other. Uh, one of the Roto World blurbs that I was watching today pop up said that the Giants' plan this year is to start Eli Manning as long as the Giants are in playoff contention, which begs the question. Why are the Giants starting Eli Manning? They're not in contention now. Correct. So I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys because that's almost an admission that, you know, they're basically going to let Eli play himself out of that job. And I believe the first step of that here uh, is here against a clearly superior Dallas team. They get Ezekiel Elliott back. Um, They've got the defense. Uh, Dak Prescott's shown that he's got the rapport with those receivers, with – with Amari Cooper, with uh, oh, they forget the kid's name, the one that they added uh, last year, that Gallup, uh, that kid was going Michael down Gallup. the sideline. Yeah, Michael Gallup burning people up. And while the Giants, I believe, are going to score some points in this game, I, you know, Eli is going to make a couple of bad throws or get strip sacked, and he is going to give the ball to the Dallas Cowboys a couple of times, and I think that's going to cause us to probably end up in 10 to 14 point uh, territory. So I'm going to go ahead and take Dallas and give the seven in the hook. Yeah, it's always fun to see uh, Saquon Barkley and, and Ezekiel Elliott twice a year. We've uh, talked about that, that, that those two running backs going head-to-head twice a year for the next four or five years maybe uh, should be very, very fun as long as their bodies can, can stay healthy because they both beat the hell out of whoever's trying to tackle them, and they can both break away and, and show some speed as well. So that part of it is always fun. Uh, the part that's not fun is how overhyped both of these teams are because the Cowboys are always overhyped and the Giants, of course, are in New York, so they're always uh, hyped to the moon. And, and these quarterbacks are among my least favorite, both of them, Eli and uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, the, the factors uh, that I'm going to wind up going with are that Zeke should be somewhat limited considering he not only didn't uh, play uh, in the preseason but didn't practice at all with the teams he was holding out. So, I can't imagine they're going to give him more than, you know, 15 maybe touches tomorrow. Uh, so it won't be all of Zeke. I think it'll be 60, 70% of Zeke. Uh, and also Jason Garrett is one of those coaches that doesn't get his team necessarily ready. They're one and two the last three years uh, against the spread and straight up. I'm going to spring for the upset and say that Eli Manning has uh, probably one of his best games of the year just because it's Dallas and he always knows uh, that it's a big game with the Cowboys. It's just that familiarity there. Um, and, and I say, I don't, I don't know who, I still don't know who the receivers are. Sterling Shepard and, and 
the tight end Evan Ingram is about all I can name. And, and I still say the Giants go in and, and knock off the Cowboys uh, down in Texas. Oh, pulling the upset. All right. Just a hunch. Uh, on to the Lions and the Cardinals. We're not going to spend too much time on this one, I have a feeling. No. Uh, Detroit was 6-10. and 10. That's bad. Arizona was 3-13. and 13. That's much worse. Uh, the Lions, uh, as a result, are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at the Cardinals. Yeah, we get to see the Kyler Murray experience here in, in just in, in full review. And uh, we've got a rookie head coach, a new, a new quarterback, a rookie quarterback, uh, trying to lead a team that was DFL in just about every offensive category last year. And as much fun as we make of Matt Patricia for being a, an ass clown, he probably is going to show some looks and send some things after Kyler Murray that Kyler Murray has never seen before. Uh, and there's still no offensive talent on that team. It's, we've got the, the corpse of Larry Fitzgerald and the corpse of David Johnson, a rookie quarterback in a new offense. This, is, this just spells a welcome to the NFL, kid. Um, we might see, uh, you know, when the quarterback goes to the sideline and puts on the ball cap, Kyler Murray might be putting on an A's cap. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take the Lions here on the road. You like that one? Yeah, is it safe for him to uh, get on the roster uh, as a uh, yeah. late call-up? Hey, hey! The September call-ups are still going on for, for baseball there. Um, I'm, of course, afraid of taking either team because there's, there's no reason to have any confidence in either one of them. These are This is a game that no one should bet ever. Um, but I'll tell you what, the Lions, they, the one bright spot on defense, the, the one guy that can actually play is the middle linebacker, Gerard Davis. He's got a bad ankle, so that makes me worried. Uh, that Arizona and Kyler Murray, uh, they might have a chance. Uh, they, they're playing a team in disarray. I don't think Matt Patricia is – I think he's over his head with this head coaching thing. I think he needs to go back to being a coordinator somewhere. Um, so I'm afraid for the Lions in this spot. They, they don't have any leadership, and it, but it's still the Cardinals. So if Detroit can do anything defensively and scare Kyler Murray into making some mistakes, it, it might get ugly out there. So I'm going to concur with you and take – but I don't feel good about it at all. On to the night game, Sunday night football, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots. We know one person will be watching intently. Bryson Brooklyn will be looking for that Pittsburgh defense to make a statement <laughs> against Tom Brady and the defending world champion Patriots. The Steelers coming off a 9-6-1 and season. The Patriots were 11-5 and and went all the way to the Super Bowl, as everybody knows. Uh, the Steelers without AB, they, that, that AB drama will be there for both Sunday and Monday night. Um, but the Steelers are five and a half point underdogs at the World Champion Patriots. Yeah, and I don't think uh, I mean we. I know we're about to highlight right after this a team that is the notorious slow starter in the NFL. But the the Bill Belichick and the Patriots have got to be right up there for laying some absolute eggs on in Week One. Uh, you know, Alex Smith lit them up a few years ago on the opening game, and I don't see this going any different. I think that uh, sometimes the Patriots need that team to just come up early in the season and just kind of jump up and punch them in the mouth. I think the Steelers are going to be hungry. Uh, I think James Conner early is going to have his legs. He faded late last season. I think uh, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to light up that Patriots defense, which looked great in the Super Bowl, but you and I both know wasn't that great. (laughs) Um, No. A lot of scheme. Uh, very well coached, but I think overall the talent on that defense isn't the, isn't the greatest. And I think that, you know, we're going to see an offense that did not play much together 
Um, Rob Gronkowski is not out there. So now when Tom Brady panics, he doesn't have that guy there waiting for him. And it's not just going to be able to be Julian Edelman and James White all the time. I think the Steelers go into Foxborough and spring the upset. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, if there's any two teams that should be as familiar with each other as any two like non-division opponents, I think it, it'll be the Steelers and the Patriots. It feels like they play each other every year. Um, but yeah, there there's some people missing that are usually there. Uh, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, uh, among others that uh, will not be there this time. So it's uh, the, most of the crew is back, but not the whole crew. Uh, who's going to miss who the most will be the big question. Uh, the mystery is Pittsburgh without AB and New, New England without Gronk. But Pittsburgh historically, defensively, like I was talking about, uh, Bryce is looking for the Steelers to, to sort of make a decision on what, what kind of what are we going to do? Are we playing man? Are we playing zone? Are we playing press? What are we doing against Tom Brady and the Patriots? And historically, they've never seem to get it together and figure it out. They'll, they'll switch up all game and go back and forth. And still, when you look up at the end of the game, Tom Brady has 300 yards and the Patriots win. It just seems like that's what happens. Uh, you referenced the uh, early season woes of the, of the Patriots. Historically, that is true, and I definitely remember uh, the Jaguars kicking their ass and, and the Lions uh, on the road, but those were road games last year. New England uh, has been decent at home early in the year. Uh, week, the last three week ones, they're two and one. Uh, that one is, the, of course, uh, the, what the Chiefs did to them a couple years ago. That was at home, but they, they won the, the, last, the other two in the last three years. Uh, including last year against Houston at home. Um, I think uh, at home uh, is the key. Uh, so I'll take New England uh, and give the five and a half at home. I think Tom Brady comes out and does his Tom Brady thing, and the Steelers uh, will not be able to stop them because they typically don't. They they flutter and fluster and try to figure out how to how to defend them and just come up short at the end. So I'll, I'll take New England and give five and a half. All um, right. Monday, on the Monday night football doubleheader, uh, you have been referencing this all show, the uh, New Orleans Saints and the uh, the lack of uh, first week starts that the, they've been having under Sean Payton, absolutely legendary. Uh, and they host the Houston Texans this time around, the 11-5 and five Texans uh, under Deshaun Watson and the 13-3 and three Saints who thought they were going to the Super Bowl through one half of, of football last year in the NFC title game, and it did not work out for them, so... We'll see how they recover from that. Will that inspire them to be a little better at home uh, and to be better in week one than they have been lately? The Texans are six-and-a-half-point dogs on the road in the Superdome at the Saints. Should be one hell of a fun game. Uh, I do like this matchup. Uh, Houston, high-powered offense, revamped, uh, decided, Al, if you can't can't draft the players, let's just make some trades. I really like their aggressiveness on the trade market in, uh, you know, moving some players to get some players, you know, the trade of Clowney, and then they all of a sudden acquire the players from the Dolphins. They shored up, completely rebuilt the left side of that defense of of offensive line to protect Deshaun Watson. And, yeah, I I believe you said it last year, nobody has their team less prepared than Sean Payton, (laughs) and nobody showed it better last year than Sean Payton when they gave up like eight thousand yards passing to uh bernie's you know turnover bernie sanders uh ryan fitzpatrick um brad fitzjohnson um yeah yeah no i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna use your stat to take the houston texans and dare you to go against yourself uh not only are they horrible slow starters uh 
off the bat, but the, it's the defense specifically. Because Drew Brees, uh, after resting up in the offseason, should, should come out tomorrow, uh, or Monday night, I should say, and, and look fantastic. He's had all offseason to rest up. He looked so terrible the second half of last year. He should come out and look great against the Houston Texans uh defense uh, they're, they're they can get pressure on you but their coverage has always been a little iffy uh, if he doesn't oh boy <laughs> if he doesn't look great against the texans that's trouble it's not about the offense though with the saints and their slow start it, uh, not only am i not going to go against my stat but I, I i buttressed it listen to this the last five years what the saints have given up defensively in week one 37 to atlanta 31 to Arizona, 35 to Oakland, 29 to Minnesota. They went under 20 or went under 30 rather uh, in losing to the Minnesota Vikings a couple years ago. And then 48 last year to turn over Bernie Sanders and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their last week one win was 2014. 2014 when they knocked off the Falcons. I'm taking it Houston to win. I consider this as a lock. I'm a little afraid of, of locking anything up with Deshaun Watson because he has some games where it's like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, the, the Saints defense, that's the key tomorrow uh, or Monday. Uh, if they come out once again flailing, then this should be Houston all day. So I'm, I'm absolutely concurring with that. And then on the second part of the uh, – Second part of the doubleheader is uh, that Antonio Brown drama that we thought we were going to have will not be there anymore because he's been cut. So the Oakland Raiders hosting the Denver Broncos. Uh, and I guess this line is updated. I, I, I love covers.com. I think they do keep these lines updated with each and every bit of uh, breaking news. So I believe this is current. Denver is a two point favorite on the road at Oakland. Yeah. And all signs point to Denver being able to take care of business here, but because this is the second Monday night game and this is the through the looking glass game and things never go the way you expect, I'm going to take Oakland just to win straight up. I concur. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen this too many times. We've been there, done that. It's the ultimate late Monday night goofiness after all the Antonio Brown distractions and crazy, after all craziness that they come back and, and, and beat Denver in the uh, in the opener. That that would absolutely be exactly how that works, and that's what I'm going to predict as well. More on our after show when we come back. All right, now into our VIP after show program, which hopefully will not get cut off like it did weirdly uh, on the last but yeah we the 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 90 minute call was absolutely correct by you we got that last pick in with with 30 seconds to go as as we tend to do but yeah we've got to expand and expound on pretty much all the teams we've said everything we could possibly have to say about each and every team in the nfl uh, in that 90 minutes time so we definitely needed that and as and as we move on through the season, obviously there are going to be games that you know we'll, we'll eventually just pick the game and not even talk about. Um, yeah. And that becomes even though I liked the football party, uh, that was that truly was that was ninety minutes of football party action right there with sixty solid minutes without a break of picking NFL football games. That that was fun. My voice held up. I didn't have to uh, choke and, and mute myself. Oh yeah. So that was good. 
maybe I should be warming up like I'm uh, doing theater again in high school and, and warming up by my voice before these shows start. Maybe I'd be uh, advised to do some something gargling, like that. some salt water gargling, you know. Yeah, a little bit of me, 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 a little, little warm up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll figure something out. So the the, the I, real I, football whatever, party. whatever, whatever the, the the whole bit was an anchor man that he does in front of the mirror. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do one of those. Slap some Sex Panther on. Uh, so hey, the, the real sixty percent of the time it works uh-huh. every time. Oh, I like that. Uh, so the real football party next uh, weekend will start because that's when we're going to be doing yes. uh, the, the the recap and the news of the week for the NFL, and then doing our picks uh, after yeah. that's over. Now that one, my voice will definitely give out because that'll be two hours uh, each I, weekend, yeah, I, but. Want to see how that goes? I want to see how that goes. So you know, because we we had been doing a very solid Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday kind of thing, and um, boy, I tell you, with 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 two growing children and the job and just everything going on, it was starting to you know, and then the, you know, and the wife, <laughs> you know, yeah, the wife. She's not gonna she's not gonna see me during football season. She kind of knows that you know. So I was trying to trying to narrow this down to one night a week. It will generally either be Friday or Saturday. Uh, my wife was lamenting the fact that it's always Saturday. So, well, it's preferably going to be Saturday because I know Saturdays we're going to make the most up to the date, up to the minute picks with the most possible information. But obviously when plans come up, things happen. Uh, we'll always have that Friday option. Yeah. I, I understand that no. uh, sometimes Saturday night is, is the night to yeah. you know, get together and, and have some fun. So, Sometimes we'll Twitter, have to do a Friday show. I, I understand. Twitter will be the new home of our Thursday night picks. We promise that they will be up and posted before the game. That will be Thursdays. optimal. Um, maybe, you, uh, maybe on Thursdays you can, like, text me the line so that we're not operating off of a different line, you know, where I'm like, oh, I got somebody minus three. And you're like, well, no, that's two and a half. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, we probably should figure that out right now because we might be picking at different times is the, is the issue with that. If you make your pick Thursday morning and I'm working and not even being able yeah. to get away and look at the line until the uh, the evening or something, yeah. um, that might be a, a bit of an issue. But yeah, um, well, I, maybe for the sake of maybe for the sake of just for the sake of being consistent. Um, we'll just say whatever the line is, like Wednesday night is the one that you like, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll look at the line. You usually pull the line off of that. Uh, yeah. The covers.com uh, handicapping yeah. contest. Yep. The handicapping contest. So if, uh, if you have the ability to on like Wednesday night after bowling, grab the number, text it to me, and then I'll make my pick on Thursday. We can we can do that. I hopefully I won't forget to do that because I'm pretty right. wiped pretty wiped oh, no, when I get home Wednesday night. Hey, <laughs> well, I'll definitely remember if you're doing that. Hurry up there, um, Schwab. <laughs> no, I gotta wait till uh, seven thirty. Uh, <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta tell, send on me, Thursday me night. The, you know, yeah, text me the line at midnight after the game <laughs> with your pick. You know, uh, our buddy Tim today, because uh, he's not a, a gambler, or at least he wasn't back when we knew him uh, in, in grade school. He used to say, you know, the, the best way to pick a game for me is after the game is over. So, <laughs> that's, that's the way to, to do the line early. 
No, uh, yeah, Wednesday nights uh, after I get home from bowling. I can definitely take a look and see what the line is at that point. Yeah, but I just have a feeling, or before, but, you know, as long as we're kind of getting that line, because normally we're getting our line the day before all of the games that we pick, sometimes two days before, so this way we can keep it, um, you know, because we don't want to have it all of a sudden where one week we're doing it where we get the line where they've announced an injury, and then all of a sudden the line massively moves, and it's like, oh, no, or something's yeah. inactive, you know. Plus, that gives me a chance to get up, look at it on Thursday, make sure I get that out there. Uh, we don't have to worry about that till next week. So, um, but we promise everybody that we will have our picks posted. Um, and then obviously when the picks that we all make on the Friday or Saturday night get posted onto the website, our picks and the result from Thursday night are always in there. Yep. So you want to know our Thursday picks, follow us on Twitter. Again, I yeah. am at IMLD Dre and Jason is at IMLD JTG. So I've had a sure I've you're... had a good run on Twitter lately. I've been having a good run. So been hot. I've been hot. I'm, I'm on a Twitter streak. I mean, I've been making predictions. I've been getting looks and likes. And one of the one of the tweets I put out there uh, last time I looked at it had over like two thousand views. Um, it's like holy cow. We did yeah, not mention that two two or three weeks ago the the one and only Nate Burleson of NFL Network liked one of my tweets. There you go. And I even made sure it was verified. It had the check mark. <laughs> uh, that beats the the most was, famous person I got a like from, which would be the the wrestler Alberto Del Rio. Hey, but so, that's a, but hey, that's something. It's not. It's yeah, it's a little something, very small. Just need to yeah, get to the point where there's somebody famous on Twitter who goes, "Hey, Jason liked my tweet. Dre liked my tweet." <laughs> That's where we need to get to. But no, I, I was very shocked when all of a sudden. No, I where we need to get to is where phone. one of them insults us. Like, yeah, yeah, we get a Twitter war. Then we'll know we're uh, and not with each other. We have an actual no. Twitter war. Um, but when uh, when all of a sudden I look at my phone and it says Nathaniel Burleson liked your tweet, I was like, <laughs> Well, who the hell is Nathaniel Burleson? So I open up my phone and I'm looking at it and I was like, Oh, holy shit, that's Nate Burleson. I was ripping on Matt Ryan, so maybe he's an anti-Matt Ryan guy. Oh. Uh. You never know. Some of these guys, they they still hold grudges. Yeah. So yeah, no, I've I've been I I threw my Patriots thing out there. Uh, ever, though I got tons of views on my uh, flaming dumpster floating down the river uh, tweet. <laughs> that's that's probably one of the worst. No, just the after the Raiders stuff all blew up, and I had the dumpster fire floating down the flooded river, and said that was the current state of Raiders Nation. Uh, possibly one of the most successful tweets I've had. And accurate too. Yes. Yeah, and that was even God. before all the stuff with the drama of the guy getting, you know, Antonio Brown getting cut. Uh, I likened this this morning to when we were talking about it to suicide by cop. I know that's morbid, but and, <laughs> Antonio Brown was just bound, so bound and determined to get cut by the Raiders that he was going to be that guy who just ran out in the middle of the street and started pointing a gun at the cops so they'd shoot him. That was him. No, I, I understand. I, I see your point because if you if you call your GM cracker and start threatening Ooh. to punch him, uh, yeah. that's pretty much you're trying to get cut. And and then they, they didn't. Step out, <laughs> and then they the didn't. So part. he says, "Hmm, how can I step this up to another level of crazy? <laughs> I know. I'll have a conversation make, with my head coach and secretly illegally tape yeah. it, and then make a and sizzle make a reel out of, out of it. it. Yeah." The last night in the morning is 
about the craziest uh, preamble to week one that I can ever remember. This was an all-out meltdown of epic proportions, all resulting in him. And when it's all over, when it's all said and done, the talent always seems to win out because now he's with the, the world champion New England Patriots. And, like, I can't believe it played out that way, but then again, I, I kind of can. Yeah, yeah it, it was. I mean, but it was he was just he was so just bound and determined to not play for the Oakland Raiders that he was going to pull any string that he possibly could to not do it, and and he was successful. And remember, uh, when the when the uh, the news first broke of the confrontation with Mike Mayock. Uh, and all of that happened. They came out eventually and said, "No, he, he's still going to play. He, he's still with the team, and, he's, and we're not going to suspend them." They, they floated the rumor of suspension. Eventually, they didn't. And then John Gruden came out and said, "Yeah, he, he's, he's going. He, we expect him to play Monday night. He's going to be there." After all of that, he was still going to be out there Monday night with all this drama and all this craziness. And, and then he kind of said, "Okay, the, well, I don't know what to do. I, I got to fix." What can I do? What do I have to do? Yeah. I mean, damn, all these other guys have to do is beat their kid, you know, (laughs) or punch their girlfriends in an elevator, but I don't want to get like suspended. So I got, "Mm, what can I do? I saw another tweet that was very accurate that said the the one way that you could definitely not play is is kneel in front of an American flag. That (laughs) would get you kicked (laughs) off of everything. If you really want to go nuclear, that's what you got to do. Oh, but, man. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know where the Raiders go from here. They 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 uh, gonna... pulled the strings and, and made, the, made the trade to get him, and, and now he's completely gone. And I, this is going to be one of the worst runs of all time by any franchise because everything oh, the yeah. Raiders are doing is just a complete joke. And yeah. everything turns into a, a, the worst result possible. Like, what's next? Is is Derek Carr gonna step in a in a pothole and, and break his ankle now? What the? I don't know what else could happen to the Raiders. Basically, he's gonna he's gonna trip over his dog, or he's gonna hurt himself washing <laughs> his car. Um, uh. <laughs> how many other uh, crazy football injuries uh, or or baseball? You know, guys who get hurt off the job. Um, yeah, something something weird's gonna happen. John Didn't Sammy Sosa throw his back out yeah. sneezing once. The, 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 you got to figure for both Mayock and Gruden here within the next couple of years that man, that TV gig's looking pretty sweet. Yeah, that was another tweet that, that Gruden says the hell with this and shows up in the booth Monday night. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all right. You can go full on Bobby Petrino if you want to. I mean. Look, he's he's back in college making money coaching. You know, you, Gruden, you can go right back on TV. No one's gonna care about you. No, you're not gonna be able to sit there and do your 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 QB camp or Gruden oh, grinder because man, you are just. Woof. But you know, <laughs> hey, they put Matt Millen back on TV, right? I guess anybody can. Matt Millen's <laughs> one of the worst GMs of all time. But it's okay if if you have a name and and people think that you can make money talking uh, for them, then they will hire you. That, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, week one getting started tomorrow. Uh, football is finally back in in full effect and full force. 
Yeah, um, I'm excited. I, hopefully, we don't. One of us. Hopefully, well, I was about to say. Hopefully, one of us doesn't fall into the you know losing every game to the other. But as long as it's you, I'm okay with that. <laughs> of course, you are. Uh, let me count up real quick how many were different. And I don't think it's that many. It's got to be six uh, or seven. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I didn't think it was that many. It's, uh, looks like it's five. Oh, that's it. Yeah, we we had a string there. We were really uh, kumbaya with a lot of these picks. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, especially when you start, you know, you do the full setup of like crapping all over my pick to agree with me. <laughs> uh, that that's your move. You did the same Only thing one... on the preview show when I had the Jaguars winning the division, like just just all this phony outrage of how I could have the Jaguars after as bad as they were, and then had the exact same thing. That, that's when I do it. Is when I'm so. Uh, thrown off by you making a pick that I had. I, I thought that I had it locked up as a big surprise or crazy. <laughs> You're going to outgenius me, yeah. Right, and then you have it as well. It's like, oh, well, hell. How can you have that pick? What's wrong with you? Yeah, I think like your shocking you one this week, the one I'm really the most interested uh, that you made was that, that Giants one, because I think the Giants are going to be like bunk. I, th- I think they're garbage this year. For the most part, I think so, too. But, you know, uh, those divisional games, there's always one yeah. or two where the team that's clearly not as good as the other still gives them a fight because they're division rivals and they're so familiar. I, I think I think when Eli sees the Cowboys, he kind of gives it an extra oomph because he knows it's it's the Cowboys. So that's the only reason I went with that. And also because so, I think Zeke's not going to be as as uh, active as as he normally would. I think that's all that also plays a role. But that's just a hunch. But yeah, we we got a lot of action to look forward to tomorrow. We got the five games that we're different on, and uh, we, and we're kumbaya on on Monday night. So both of those games we almost don't have to watch because we got both picks uh, the same anyway. Yeah, Oakland is that's again. I thought that that was going to be my you know. Crazy pick. Well, Oakland, after all this drama, who could pick Murga? That I'll pick him because it's Monday night and it's craziness. But you, of course, have that as well. Well, I, I've I've been I think I've been on this second Monday night game shenanigans stuff for even longer than you have. Yeah, I may not have wanted to believe it all the way, but yeah, I've, I've seen it. I I, re, I still remember. Uh, was it the Adrian Peterson the Vikings, and the and the yeah, Vikings? The Vikings and the Niners when the Niners were just absolute. Was was that the Jim Tom Sula Niners? <laughs> it was the one year that he coached. He won his opener, and they went to shit right after that. And they beat a yeah, really I, re- I remember that good team. Yeah, yeah, the, the Vikings were coming in, and and you know should were the were a much better team as as time, of course, showed. But for that game. The, the the Niners couldn't lose. Did they shut the yeah. Vikings out? I don't know, but I had that one, and I know we disagreed on that one. Yeah, yeah. So I guess technically you've been on it longer. Yeah, I, I've ever since they've been doing this two Monday night game thing, I've always had that. And you can even see it like in the presentations of the broadcast. Like they get like the C team out there doing the game on the TV, and it just feels weird, and it's super late, and it, everything just nothing feels right about that second game. The, even the first game feels better because even though it's not at the normal time slot, it just feels that, like that's been the better game. 
yeah, that's the normal Monday night crew, that first game. And then the second game, they like to do some experimenting. Uh, they used to have Chris Berman do play-by-play for that one. He was awful. Uh, a couple of years ago, they had a girl do play-by-play. She was actually pretty good, but it was obviously just a you know a stunt. They, they weren't going to hire her full-time to, to call NFL games. Um, I don't even know who's doing the second game this year, but it's another stunt. I, I, I saw it in, uh, once. I just forget who it is, but it's another – crew that it's like who what why who, who why why are they doing that um so yeah it, it's definitely weirdness uh, that happens in that second game so yeah well we'll see what happens uh this time but yeah after all that murder stuff there, there's no reason for the for the Raiders to come out focused enough to do anything after having to deal with Antonio Brown for the all of training camp and all of this crap that happened this weekend and whatnot but it, it's just a perfect storm of of goofiness yeah. for for them to come out and actually perform and, and get a win and they won't get many more. No. Yeah. So. No. Yeah, they they could be one and done here, but yeah, for one night, for oh look at that, John Gruden, he knows we no, no, it's just, <laughs> no, uh, it's still Murgus. It's, it's just bizarro world in that second Monday night game. Are you are you gonna get on the uh, the pick watch thing uh, and and sign up with them? Not just for uh, keeping up with our picks, but just but because of the the other metrics that they do, I think it's it could be useful. And sort of interesting to keep up with, you know, what teams that were great picking and what what teams were not, and things like that. Right. Um, oh, I see that this week they had no pick for the Thursday game. Is that right? Or who, oh no, that's a who person had no who pick. had no pick. Oh yeah, that was a person who had no pick. Oh, the Bears no, were definitely... sixty percent. The Bears were pulling sixty percent on that one. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of us that got beat. Oh, there's, I, I a definitely... couple there. there's some hundred and zeros in there. Holy cow. And, you know, the funny thing is on those hundred and zeros, we, we both agree. <laughs> Philly, Philly, Seattle are both a hundred and zero. Cleveland's at 91% that they're getting. Uh, you and I, we both have, did we both have Carolina or did you take the Rams? Uh, we both uh, took the upset and took the Panthers. Okay, yeah, they're only getting twenty four percent. Did we both take the Jags? No, I've got yeah, the Chiefs. You've got the Chiefs. Okay, I've got the Jags in the. T- I'm in the ten percentile of people who took mm. uh, the Jags, and for people who took the Texans, only seven percent took the Texans. So, you want to make up some ground in one of these pick pick things? There you go. There. <laughs> now you're talking hundred percent to zero. Are you sure you're not looking at the straight up? Uh... Uh, I maybe. Oh wait, wait. Show spreads. Okay, now with the spreads, uh, it didn't really change the percentages. It just showed the spread. So that's interesting. Oh. Okay, so well, I need I'm, to create. Create. Well, I got account. yeah. I got the uh, against the spread uh, thing saved on my bookmark, so that's what I immediately go to. So I'm looking at the percentages uh, against the spread, because um, I knew you weren't going to see 100% against the spread with anybody. The the largest uh, that I see is and this makes me feel good is is my lock of the week the Ravens at minus six and a half are getting eighty percent uh, on pick watch which is a lot wow. for for any spread pick um, followed by the Chiefs getting seventy six percent at minus three and a half so uh, a lot of these are, are prohibitive uh, favorites uh, but. The, you sort of almost 50, 50, 52%, 53%, you know, type like that. But the Bears were getting 57% against the spread 
uh, on Thursday night. Um, and that's definitely one that I lost. And a lot of people uh, got one game up on me, but again, it's only one game. Um, yeah. So what's this? Okay. So I'm looking, I, I just signed in. So you can, okay. you know, since you're plugging them on air, I might as well just ha- ask you on air. Um, <laughs> so it says you're, you're okay. So you're clicking one of the teams and then what's stake? Is that your confidence? Yes. Okay. One through five. Okay. Oh, that's all it is. That's all. Yep. Oh. Okay. But it's not like counting for – is that counting for something or – Well, I'm looking at uh, percentage uh, 0-1, 1-0. Uh, so I don't see a point system – Quite yet, but they may they may be working on that as, as part of uh, something new on the site. But they you can definitely you definitely have your percentage still sitting here. I'm, I'm looking at uh, a lot of people want to know, but I don't see what their stakes I'm were. So is five is five better? <laughs> five is better than one. Yes. Oh no, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So so stake is like you're very confident. Yes. But, but that's a but that's a good point out of you because I hadn't noticed until you just said that <clears throat> I'm looking at the standings page right now and I don't see the the stakes I don't see where anyone had the number of points so I don't know how much yeah. that means or what that means. Got a lot of fives going up on the board here. I do know they have uh, our 2018 numbers uh, sitting here, so it's you you will still be able to click on that. And it will still, if you click on percentage, it will still show that uh, number one last year was was me at fifty four point two percent. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, which which gained me zero dollars, but I'm not bitter, really. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah. I don't okay, I have now. I have now saved my picks with my stake. Um, I am I L I M L D J T G. That is my name on there, so you can find me. All right. And, and of course, uh, I am uh, I am L D Dre. Yeah, so that's easy. Well, we should be we should at least be you know plugging our show. So that's right. We are off and running. So I've got my I've got this saved, and you're saying that eventually I'll be able to see like metrics and stuff, huh? Yeah, that's what uh, I saw last year uh, that. There's, there, I, I don't know exactly where to click around, but they're there uh, that you can yeah. click around and find out the, the you know, your your, your top five t- uh, teams that you pick percentage wise, and the and the bottom five, and then you can expand it out and see, uh, you know, wind up you can eventually expand it and see all the teams. You can see exactly what your record is, uh, picking what teams. Uh, is. So I, I like that. I, I used to do that. If you remember, of course. I used to do that uh, longhand when we were doing the, the, the picks in the notebook. I would actually sit there and go down the list and figure out what our records were straight up and against the spread again, uh, using each team just just because I wanted right. to know we who used, I was. We used to, yeah, we used to both sit there and do that. And man, was that tedious. Yeah, that took a long, long time. That's absolutely right. So I was happy to, to see somebody uh, make a website that keeps up with that automatically. I, I, I like keeping up with that. Yeah, well, that's good. That's that's the kind of information from a crack production staff that we don't have. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's uh, 
about it for me. Unless you had anything else uh, that you wanted to get to. No, it's been a it's been a long week. It's been a football party. That was fun. I had a, yeah. a my, apparently uh, our, my my mother listened to our live show and said it was really good. She's your mother. I would hope she would say it was really good. If she said it sucked, that would be a problem. Hey, it's <laughs> positive feedback about our it show. Is. No, I'm. I'm not mad at it. I'm very happy. And I'll do uh, and I'll do my that. usual I'll do my usual Sunday morning routine. And I will usually I go back and I listen to our pick show on my way to work um, to kind of get myself back into that you know football mindset. So it'll be fun to go back and listen to them. I'll probably skip through the beginning part where we talk about um, the game because I don't need to relive that Thursday night game. And I'll just skip ahead to that thirty minute mark and listen to that solid no hour. No human should have so. to relive that Thursday night game. <sighs> Good new, uh, good for the Packers though. I was, yeah. uh, you know, the good on that defense. If if, if they're they, they were getting pressure with their front four, I saw them dropping their linebackers into coverage a lot. I did not see them doing a lot of blitzing, which is apparently their game plan, which should tell you what you need to know about Mitch Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> Tremont Williams, Tremont Williams, after the game said their plan oh. was to make him into a quarterback. So not Man. only are they trash-talking the guy, they won on the road, so now they get the Bears again at home, so they don't have to worry about any reprisals in Soldier Field. But the best part of that is Tremont Williams, by far and away the worst defensive player on the Packers. <laughs> and when you're talking shit, you know you done fucked up. Yeah, so when you're saying, like, yeah, we, we, wanted, we wanted to make him beat us, and uh, okay, well, if that was the game plan, they ran that to perfection, because he, he didn't. Um, yeah, good on them for one night. Yeah, Trubisky's got a, got a ways to go, and, and I was afraid of this. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of razzle dazzle that that, uh, that they try to use with him, and and yeah, it, it, it works beautifully when it works. You know what I mean? And when it doesn't, it looks like that. So uh, with this kid, you might want to scale it down and, and be a little more simplistic and, and let him get the basics going. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Bears and Packers both get 10 days off. That'll be good for them. Uh, they can get rested and get ready. Packers, I know, have the Vikings uh, at Lambeau in week two. I don't know who the Bears have next week. Are they in Denver? I believe they are. Okay. Another team that can get pressure with the front four and drop guys into coverage. So good luck, guys. Might be looking at 0-2, and, and then it'll really start to get loud. <laughs> that, oh, boy. Then I'm, then I'm going to start listening to the score again. <laughs> Chicago Sports Talk Radio. I I don't even want to know what it sounded like Thursday night because man, I can oh, just they were imagine. Probably ready. They were probably ready for whoever that backup quarterback is already. Don't even know who it is. Bring him in, Trubisky. Is Chase Daniel is he still there? Oh God, it, it might be. I I know the one thing that a lot of people harp on is uh, anytime Trubisky has a bad game, they'll go back to. The fact that the Bears traded up and and you know one spot to get him, uh, oh, and then yeah. and could have just waited to draft this guy a little farther down the list named Patrick Mahomes, who's had or, a pretty good start yeah. to his career, or or Deshaun Watson, or Deshaun Watson. Uh, so that always gets brought up and, and thrown in. I can only imagine how sick Trubisky is of hearing that because it yeah. probably gets thrown in his face every time he has a bad game. But <laughs> uh, don't forget though, Mitch Trubisky last year they they were twelve and four and they were a bad kick away from going on in the playoffs. I mean, 
They had a lot of it, things go right for them. They did. It, it, you know, we both, I believe, were on the side that not that you know that that they were due for a regression. I didn't realize it was going to be a major offensive regression, at least after week one. Um, neither neither one of us did. Yeah. So, all right, a lot of football tomorrow. I'm going to be morning tonight. Uh, it's going to be an all day another football party tomorrow with the red zone, <laughs> and then coming home and watching that Steelers Patriots game, and you know. Go back to work on Monday afternoon. There's two games on Monday night. So, yeah, it's going to be a football party that doesn't end until early Tuesday morning. So, as far as you know, our next show is going to be next Saturday night again? Or as are we looking at Friday? As far as I know, unless I hear otherwise, uh, looking at my calendar, yes, next week so far looks good. All right. Well, uh, good luck tomorrow, except for those five games that were different. <laughs> yeah, as long as yeah, if you want to, yeah, if, I can win them all, except if not those five. That means you'd have a perfect day. Yes, that'd be wonderful for me. All right. <sighs> so that was our football party, uh, the, our first one, and, and it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So that, that worked out very, very, very well for us. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening to our football party. Enjoy week one of NFL action. Real football is back, at least in name. It might be a lot of uh, extension of the preseason for a lot of these teams, unfortunately, but that's sort of the fun in making the picks and trying to figure out who's going to show up and who's not. So we will all find out at the same time tomorrow. Everyone enjoy your football and catch us back here to recap this week one and get into our week two picks next Saturday night, same time, right here on blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. See you next week.